Today, we're going to talk about strong finances. Someone say finances. 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 And this is what I do, do know. This is good news. Good news for your life is that it's God's plan for you to be strong financially. It's God's plan for you to be strong financially. And uh, actually, out of everything mentioned in the Bible, finances is second to only God himself. The, the concept or the idea or the term God or Jehovah or Yahweh or Lord or Jesus is mentioned some 8,000 times in Scripture. And then second to that is uh, money, which is mentioned some 800 times. Uh, finances are talked about in the Bible even more than faith, hell, and heaven put together. So God really cares about your finances, and he wants you to thrive in, in your finances. And so um, when I think about strong, the word strength, there are three, three terms that come to mind. I mean, when you, when you think about a strong person, someone who's strong physically, that's one of the easier analogies I can use. But when you think about strength, there are three things that come to mind. They won't come up on the screen, but if you're taking notes, write these things down in terms of strength. When someone is strong, they're number one, they're confident. They're confident, yeah. um, at least in the area that they're strong. Uh, there's an inward assurance, like we're good here, right. you know, um, the Bible actually says that money answers all things in this world, right? Uh, you can't buy your way into heaven, but it answers all things in this world. And whether you're a believer of Christ or not, if you got money, that principle is true. Like it answers all things. And so there's a confidence when you're strong, even when you're physically strong, you, you move better. You're, you, you, there's a flow to you. You know, you feel better. Um, the second thing uh, about strength is freedom. Freedom. There's a mobility. Um, you're free to plan. You're free to take some risk, right? And you understand, like, man, this is going to take a chunk out of our margin. This is going to take a chunk out of, out of our money, but this is risk season. So I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that I just spent a lot of money because I just invested in something, right. and it's going to return, right? That's, it's not going to be there in the morning. That's why you did it, because there's freedom to, to make those moves, right? And then the third idea about strength is a, a bright future. People who are strong have a great sense of confidence and a better future. Uh, when it comes to finances, you think in terms of legacy, um, what you can leave to your children or your nieces, your nephews. Um, um, you think in terms of impact, future impact, um, you, you think in terms of possibilities and people who have money or strong finances can feel and, and experience what freedom, confidence and the sense of a bright future. Amen. All right. And so I, I really just want to encourage you wherever you are, whether you're in a tight spot or a good spot, um, you're in a good spot in church. Right. Because whether you have money or not, these principles are going to help you build a financially strong life. And if you're like pastor or Josh, like I'm young, like I have no money. I haven't even gotten started. I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. Right. Um, I just want to encourage you. You're in a good spot because the older you get, the more heaven is going to want to release resource into your life. Want to. Is it going to get there? That's between you and God. But God is going to want to entrust you with more. So if you don't have anything now, right, you can you can walk in with these principles. 
as God seeks to bless your life. And what I love about it is this, is that God's word provides the wisdom we need to be strong financially. It provides all of the wisdom that we need. And, um, and, and God even wrote a book on wisdom. There's, there's a section in the Bible. We're going to teach on this. I um, actually changed the title of, of uh, that series from Pure Product to Fresh Off the Press. I think that's a little bit better. <laughs> Pure Product can go in different lanes and, you know, so. <laughs> fresh Off the Press. You get it. All right. Um, and we're going to teach in that series on how the Bible became the Bible. Right. And how the hand of God was on Scripture since the beginning of time. And, um, but th- there's a section in the Bible called the, the, the wisdom books. Okay, someone say wisdom books. Wisdom. And, and it's composed of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and you spell that, uh, Song of Solomon. <laughs> and it starts with Proverbs. So God is a God of wisdom. And uh, the idea about wisdom is, is clear direction on the best way forward. So there's a clear direction on the best way forward, no matter where you are, his wisdom applies. And, and if you would listen with spiritual ears today and seek to put a few steps in place just this year, you can put one or two things in place. You'll, you'll see the results as you head into 2023. You see how that futuristic just popped up? I, I, I'm, we still in January. I'm talking about next year. I got problems. Y'all pray for me. Um, and so here it is. Proverbs. Go ahead and write this down. Proverbs. I'll give you a definition are a collection of truths. Proverbs are a collection of truths and godly principles because God honors his principles. And not only does he honor his principles and he blesses us, but his principles don't just lead to outward blessing, but they also lead to an inward peace. I think the world is good at, at using the principles of God, but saying, God, stay over there. Right. We'll take the blessing. But after we get it, we don't have the peace. Now, God's principles lead us to peace along with the blessing. You understand that? So come on. That's good. Oh, that wasn't even in my notes. On fire today. Let's go. All right. So this is what I want to do. I want to give you six ways to build financial strength. Like I said, whether you're thriving right now or not, it, it all applies. All right. So number one, you need fresh vision. Fresh vision. It's important. Proverbs 29, 18. So every statement will have a proverb tied to it. Here it is. This is what God says. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So you need fresh vision. Where there is no vision, the word perish means you die. And Martin Luther King Jr., God bless his soul, he said that a lot of people die way before God calls them home. And he was saying that a lot of people just don't have a vision. And, and God put a lot in you. There's a lot of potential in you. Oh, my God. There's so much. The hand of God, the Bible says, when you were in your mother's womb, formed you. That right there is, is a huge thought. Like, your mind is an amazing thing. And so I think what annoys me a little bit about where we are in society is, so much of our gift is going to these little rectangles. And we're frying our brains. And, and, and I was just telling uh, my, my, my um, I was picking up my mom from the airport last night. And uh, my, my uh, oldest son was with me. We were on George Washington 
a partway, Jesus Christ. And um, <laughs> so many potholes, it's ridiculous. Um, but you know, I'm F1, I'm swerving them. I'm swerving. They're like, dang, dad, you good. I said, I think so. Try to tell them, best driver in the world. Hey, let me have a heart to heart with some of you real quick. We're going to, can y'all stop speeding? One of y'all, a couple weeks ago, I ain't going to mention you. Y'all were behind me. And I'm like, they don't see they passed the sticker. Just pushing me, man. Like, I'm like, slow down. Then my brother-in-law came in town a few weeks back, and he was like, oh, my God, man, they just pull off at the green light. Like, bro, it ain't Florida. But I get it, because we got places to be in the DMV, and these lights are treacherous in the city. So I finally understand, like, you're trying to get the green. Anyway, where am I going? Okay, vision. Uh, but for real, slow down, chill out. Um, so, yeah, he, he, was, um, he was saying, dang, Dad, because um, I think it was last Easter, two Easter's ago, we left Easter service. And we had it all planned out. Uh, we were going to go to the airport, um, hop on the plane, go to Florida. They didn't know it. And so he was like, dang, Dad. Like, he said, I remember when we were going uh, on the same road, and we didn't even know where we were going. You guys were just driving. We looked up. We're in the airport parking garage because we're on the phone the, the whole time. And he said, it's sad. It's, and, you know, to hear that from a 13-year-old, He's starting to get this idea of how, like, his brain cells are just going to stupid stuff. Someone say stupid stuff. Shock factor. Got to wake y'all up. And so, and, and it's just true, like, and so it's, it's preventing us from hearing and seeing God. You got to think, like, when, when we're reading about these guys and gals who walked on water and the dead raised and got all the promises of God, Hebrews 11, they didn't have these. So, so that means that God had clear, clear avenue into their hearts, into their minds, into their... They didn't have the news. They didn't have a, a preacher just spitting and spewing ideologies and agendas and motives that were not of God. They didn't have that. They had their family, they had prayer, and they had the Spirit of God. And that enabled them to envision things. And so the first thing, if you're going to draw the favor of God or finances into your life, it's an intangible thing, but you need, you need vision. And so here it is. Let me give you a definition. Go ahead and write this down. A vision, here it is, is a picture of who you want to be and where you want to be in the future. And if you're still alive, no matter your age, you can still get fresh vision of who you want to be and where you want to be. In the future, you, you, you have to see yourself. We're going to break this religious mentality. I want to speak to your, your dreams. I want to inspire you. Like, let, let's get out of, don't talk about money. Don't talk about what you go on. No, no. You have to see yourself in that house. Right? You got to see yourself in that neighborhood. You have to see yourself in that school, in that position, or some, or some range of those schools. You know what I mean? But you, you have to see yourself fit. Like, even if you feel down and out, but you want to get fit, you got to see yourself in six months or a year looking the way you want to look. You got to see it. You got to get it. And let me encourage you, don't wait on God to give it to you. You have to say, this is what I see. It's good, and it glorifies God. And so if it's good for you, and it glorifies God, and it benefits other people, that's from the Holy Spirit. 
It's not self-help. That's from God. He wants you to dream big. So you need a vision. You need a vision. I used to, in high school, I was on the varsity basketball team. And um, so we would, come on now, you know. Still got a little fade away. <laughs> Pump faking all day. <laughs> like, when you go shoot. Um, so yeah, I used to... <laughs> I used to take these drives uh, because we got out of school, go to Wendy's. Um, but we lived in Windermere, Florida. Y'all don't know nothing about Windermere. And uh, it was right down the street from Isleworth. So uh, Tiger Woods, Michael Jackson used to live there. He had a home there. Uh, Shaq, Jordan, Michael Jordan lived out there. So all these huge houses, right? Um, I would get my 96 Maxima, top down. <laughs> I mean, windows down. Um, <laughs> Sunroof back. Okay. Um, get my Maxima, and I would take 30 to 40 minute what I call dream drives in those neighborhoods. And I would say, every time I took, I'm going to own a house like that one day. I'm going to own a house like that one day. I'm going to own a house like that one day. And I'll just, I'll just dream. I didn't know how. I, I, obviously, I wasn't going to the NBA, right? <laughs> but I would just, I would, I would dream, and it would get on the inside of me. And it wasn't my job to figure out how then. My job was to just conceive a vision, right? Or my dad would used to say this, and I, I never really understood it because I'm like, that's boring. He would say, son, if you ever get your hands on some money, I want you to own some land. And now I get it. And so he was planting a seed in me. For a vision, you, you need a vision. Why do we need a vision, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Because your life will go in the direction of your vision. The Word of God says if you don't have one, you will perish. Or I love other translation says that uh, 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 it says um, where there is no vision, the people cast off all restraint. And that means that they just kind of live any kind of way. There's no discipline. All right. The second way to build financial strength, here it is, you might sneeze on this, is a hard work. Mm-mm. Hard work, y'all okay? All right, here it is, hard work. Here's the verse, I love this. Proverbs twelve eleven says, whoever works, someone say works, his land will have plenty to eat. But the one who chases unrealistic dreams has no sense. That's God. Whoever works his land, someone say land. land. For works, I love that thought. Whoever works his land. That means I'm not trying to be anywhere else. Come on now. Like, and so what is your land? Your land, here it is, is your home, your current place of employment, if you have one. Your land is your local church. Come on you got to work that because if you work your local church, it pours out out there. The, hold on, wait. Whoever's planted in the house of the Lord will thrive in the courts, in the world, in, in the courts of our God. He owns it all. Work this land. There's so much resource in this land. And, 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 and it's your, your schooling. And he said, I love that verse. Keep that verse up. Whoever works his land will have plenty to eat. There's an equation. But the one who chases unrealistic dreams has no sense. And, and what I've come to find out is it, a lot of us don't have a money problem. We have a work ethic problem. 
That's what it is. It is it, the word of God says, there's another proverb, I almost put it here, but I, you know, I was up late, I was tired. It, but it says, all hard work produces profit. So if I work, I bring something in. If I don't work, I don't bring anything in. Now I'm dependent on something else, another entity. And you don't want free money because money ain't free. Eventually, you will have to pay it back. So, so, and right now we're in a place in society where it's easy to just, for whatever ridiculous reason, say, I'm not going to go to work or I'm going to walk out of my school and only to do what? Stay home and be supported by something that's not stable, by something that's not dependable. Or I can apply the principles of God's word. And if I'm well enabled, I can get up and go to work. Uh, Y'all don't want this. And I can work. I don't care, though. I can work hard and I can bring forth profit into my life because God created you to work. Go, Go to Genesis. So God formed Adam. He formed Adam. He breathed into him. And the Bible says that he blessed him. Someone say blessed. The word blessed in the Hebrew there isn't the way we think about it. We think blessed means like he gave him stuff or he was happy. No, the word blessed there in Genesis means that he gave him an enabling to work. And so he created him. He breathed his spirit, those gifts into him. He gave him an anointing. I can't wait till May anoint. It's going to be powerful. And he said, now cultivate and tend to the land. It's going to produce and return back to you, but you have to work it. Paul even says in the New Testament, now this is after Christ died for you, but Paul says, if a man does not work, he does not eat. So, 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 so hard work is a, is a way, is a way to build financial strength and don't allow anyone or any thought or any ideology to keep you from working hard. That is the plan of God for your life, no matter what anyone else says. And this is what I know. Here's another problem. A lot of us, I know people like this. They have a $1 million vision, but a $100 work ethic. And so that leaves you stuck chasing unrealistic dreams because your ethic won't match your vision. And let me, let me dive in because I was up till two writing this. So the Holy Spirit was just, sometimes these are the best messages, right? They ain't all that clean. All right. So the Holy Spirit said this. He said, tell them this. He said, tell, tell this generation this because Gallup has now called the millennials. And I can only speak for us. I don't want to talk down on anyone else, but I'm a millennial. So we're in this together. He, he calls us Gallup. I'm sorry. Gallup calls us the hopping generation. And the Holy Spirit says this. He says, tell them that here it is. It's okay to work your day job. While building your dream job. We're we're good at quitting because we have a dream. Or we're good at quitting because we don't like it. And but this is the problem I've ran into as a pastor. And, And the more the church grows, the more it comes into my office. I don't have finances. We're struggling. Why? Because I'm trying to build my business. Do you have an eight to five? No, I'm trying to build my business. It's okay to work your dream, to work your day job. Wow. Someone say, wow. 
building your dream job. You, you don't leave what's stable. And a lot of us will say, I'm by faith, and I watched the movie, the Will Smith movie, and all that, and I, I did, I, I'm inspired. I feel the vibes, the energy. All that crap is crazy. It's crazy. And, and the vibes, I, feel, I felt the energy. It called me to build my dream. You know, I felt something lead me. Who, who, who what? The, the devil or was it God? Like, who, 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 who told you to do that? Because you need to stabilize yourself. So your mom isn't over your head tripping because you struggling to chase these fantasies. I'm hitting the core. It's quiet. It's quiet. Because I'll tell you, I know this through personal experience. I had a vision for this church. Um, God showed me this room. He showed me bigger rooms. He, he showed me doing what I'm doing. When we resigned from our previous church, um, we had a newborn and a kindergartner. And she was just getting back on her feet, going to work. But as a man, I wasn't going to sit at home and say, babe, you know, I'm, we're forming this moving team. And in a year, we're going to move. So I need to be home. And a lot of men are falling into this trap, too. I need to be home to work on this because my job sucks and I got to be home. But, babe, you can go to work. No, I said, babe, I'm going to work. And I'm going to work from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. I'll get two to three hours of sleep a day. I'll pull that all-nighter. I know as soon as I get home, I got to get Jay to school. I never slept. But while I was working in the hospital, I was building the infrastructure and the foundation of Highlight Church. You, you, don't, you don't quit what's stable to build what's not guaranteed. It's just... I love our new lights. <laughs> Proverbs 21.5 says, here it is, good planning and hard work. This is God's work. Lead to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Good planning. I'm stable, but I'm planning. I want this, but I'm planning. And God will make it clear when it's time to make the jump. Because there is a faith component, but you don't want to be out of time with it because that's going to bring a lot of financial weakness. Number three, Jesus Christ, higher education. Sorry, I said that because I don't have a lot of time. Higher education. All right. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. um, Salaries, general cost of living, considering all things. High school diploma, 38K. Some college, 43K. Associates, 46K. Bachelors, 65K, depending on, I get it. Masters, 77K. Doctorate, 98K. Y'all know the term, men lie, women lie, numbers don't? I feel, I love this message. We've been up on, so we moved back home on Thursday, y'all. Last night, Thursday. Great. Glad to be home. Um, but on average, we've been staying up 2 a.m., 3 a.m. You know, it's the unpacking, right? And my wife on the way uh, to church, she was like, baby, you tired? I said, no, I'm fired up today. I got something to say. I'm ready to go. But I love this thing. We're flowing. Um, numbers don't lie. There's this idea that's been um, haunting America, very toxic thought that's from, from hell, that's been saying, um, don't go to school. Number one, the, the reason is, number one, debt. 
And I get it. The Bible even says, like, you know, you're a slave to the lender and all that debt. And the other, the other thought is that why go through all this school if I'm going to make this much money? Right. And so it's discouraging us. And there's this voice about like college isn't worth it anymore. And we need to change the education system. Blah, 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 blah. Let's do this again. High school diploma. 38. Some college. 43. Associates. 46. Bachelor. 65. Master. 77. Doctorate. 98. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't. Higher education is is vital. And then in, 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 in their research, they're saying that a lower education is directly connected to higher unemployment in your life. Yeah. Higher education is directly, directly connected to lower unemployment in your life. And so um, it's vital. There's this uh, personality test out there called the DISC test. We have you take it at super steps. And uh, they've changed some of the terms, but they all kind of mean the same. But uh, it's D-I-S-C. D is uh, dominant. I is influential, decisive, influential individuals. S is steady. And C is conscientious or consistent. 70, watch me. Okay, here it is. 70% of the world are S. And the Holy Spirit told me to tell you this before I came out because I didn't tell the nine. He said that the reason a lot of businesses fail early is because a lot of S's are trying to be D and I. And I didn't hardwire you that way. So you're trying to be the CEO or the founder. And it may last but you keep hitting walls and you've gotten advice and you've brought a team in and you've brought people, but you can't get beyond a level. Maybe you're steady. And, and it's the D's and the I's that are founders and CEOs and leaders and, and they become presidents and they become lead pastors and, and visionaries. And it's OK, but you just got to be OK with who you are and where you are. And so you got to know your gifts, know your lane. And the way that you increase your value is through educating yourself. Supplementing with some training and some certification and and going back to school. A lot of y'all, when COVID hit, you dropped all your dreams. But God never told you to do that. God never told you to do that. I ain't stop because I'm a DI. When I, when I see situations, I, I'm going to dominate that. Steady people. All right. What, what is the world doing? What is everyone else doing? You see what I'm saying? So you need influential people to say, get up. D- dream again. Get, get back at it. And so you, you got to rebuke this, this demonic thought of like, Debt and no, no, it still works. It it still works. I I love this. Here it is. Proverbs. Gold there is and rubies in abundance. But lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. See, there's common talk. That gets common income, which is fine. Then there's rare knowledge. That puts you in demand in higher places. Yeah. 
So as long as you're breathing, whether it's formal education or informal, you ought to always be growing your knowledge. Because it puts you in more of a demand. I used to shadow uh, Dr. Batchelor when I was pre-medicine. He was an interventional cardiologist, and, and he looked like Tiger Woods, so that was a plus as well. And so I'm like, yeah, man. You know, I love all my people, all my people, all persuasions. But he was a brother, so that made me feel, uh, I'm like, yeah, we can do this. I can do this, Lance. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, but whenever he would speak, simple and one-syllable words, but he's a doctor. And I used to say, man, I know why you get the big, the big bucks. Because when you educate yourself, you're a rare jewel. So there are 4,500 heart surgeons in America. 4,500 heart surgeons. Just using an example. In America, is about, what, 250 million people? So you see that? The, the less there is up top, the more of a demand there is for your services. So, and, that's, and, and so the more there is at the bottom, the less we got to pay you. I'm just trying to help us a little bit because I believe that all of you, watch me, you got to catch this in the faith. I believe that all of you have a millionaire's anointing on your life. But, but you, got, you got to see it and you got to be willing to work it and, and go back and say, Lord, I made that decision without you. Now, what are you calling me to do? And if it's not school, it's not. But if it is, God will take care of it. In the long- Can we praise God for that? Higher education. It's important. We're actually going back to school in the next year and a half or so. Um, and and I'm, I'm going for my Ph.D. and so is she. And it's going to be in uh, organizational leadership because uh, I, I got the gift. But I'm afraid that um, I don't just want to operate in the gift. I want the knowledge base. And I love you all too much to be a messy leader. So, and that's another thing. When you think in terms of your education, think of not the money that's attached to it, but the lives that you can change. And when you change lives, money comes into your life. So, um, come on, let's celebrate that. That's good. Number four, talking about people. Here it is. Here it is. People skills. What? Are you going to say savings or investments? People skills. Someone say people skills. This builds financial strength. And here it is. Let's define it. I got four minutes. Come on, Holy Spirit. Help me. The ability to communicate in a friendly and effective way. (laughs) The ability to communicate in in a friendly and effective way. Y'all, we were at Target the other night. And we had an online order. And we pulled into our space. And uh, we waited for about five minutes. Then the young man came out. and Probably because it was super cold. He was like, he came to our window. I'm like, babe, do you? Hey, man, how are you? Oh, sorry, sir. How you doing? Just, just blank. And then I was at the barber shop a few weeks ago. It was a little bit after New Year's, and my barber put a young man in the chair. And my barber's, you know, so I got two of them. Frank's one of them. Frank's awesome. Frank in here? Frank, where you at? We love you. All right, here's that first. We love Frank. If you need a barber, holla at Frank. He's, he's in uh, Chevy Chase, Bethesda, somewhere around there. Um, but my other barber's in Germantown, so I was, I was with him. A young man sat in the chair, and my barber's old school, young man, but he's old school. And he said, Happy New Year. And this young man said, Yeah. 
That's a few things. My dad's 85 and I'm a preacher. And I'm like, what is going on? And I spoke to that young man. I said, young man, say Happy New Year back. <laughs> oh, sorry, sir. Happy New Year. <laughs> We're losing it. And these masks ain't helping. Can I just bring you all to my living room, talk to my wife? I'm like straight up in the kitchen right now, just talking to y'all, like <laughs> tripping. But people's skills, let me get into it now. People's skills, give you some examples. Greeting. It's vital. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'll tell you two, 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 two questions I ask cashiers whenever they're processing. Two things that will, will give you favor with people, especially cashiers. How's your day? Watch me. What time do you get off? Because that's all they care about. I'm teaching y'all leadership. This is gold. And just one person in my day cared. And if I could ring this up for free, I would. Trying to, trying to put y'all up on game. Next one, eye contact. It's important. Look people in the eye. Address them. A handshake. Firm for the men. Men, lighten up on the women, but you got to. Firm. And y'all be careful when you're shaking Francie's hand. He'll, he'll. Let me get in there, Francie. Let me get my web. And never pray with Francie in a circle. He go, it's just, man, loosen this junk up. Jesus. I'm so blowing this. I got two more points. Ah. People's skills will get you a long way. Um. I love it. Here it is. Uh, Proverbs 22, 11 says this. Whoever this is important. Whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as a friend. Gracious speech. will have the king and the king has all the bread. It's a principle of elevation that when you respect people, when you honor them, your name will be put in high places before you even appear. You know that statement, your reputation precedes you. It's how you treat people and the purity of your heart. That's right. And um, uh, Andrew uh, Carnegie, he was uh, still still tycoon back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. At one point, he was the richest man in the world until um, Rockefeller came up, who was hashtag a Christian. Um, and so uh, Carnegie was, you know, growing and he needed someone to lead the way. And so he. Um, promoted Charles Schwab from stakes uh, uh, engineer to president within like a few years. So by 38, Schwab was over the entire uh, Carnegie Steel company. And this is crazy. Carnegie paid Schwab $75,000 a year, in which back then bringing home $50 per paycheck was upper middle class living. But $75,000 annual salary a year. On top of that, every year he gave him a $1 million bonus. And I'll tell you why. He says this here. He says the yearly salary was for the work he did. But the bonus was for what his pleasing personality could get others to do. End quote. 
And at one point, he also says that I paid him the million dollar bonus. Here it is for his smile. Someone say people skills. It matters. And I know it to be true. I was um, Jason, come close me out. I was um, coming coming from college my freshman year going into sophomore that summer, and I needed a job. I was pre-pharmacy before I was pre-medicine. And then, um, so I, I reached out to some contacts. My, my elementary principal had just checked on me. I told him I was in town. And he says, I got a friend that's district manager of uh, Publix Pharmacies. He's over like 20 stores in Orange County. And so about two days after I talked to my principal, um, I was called for an interview into Publix Pharmacy for, for the pharmacy technician position. Two days after that, they offered me the job. And they said, what store do you want to work in? They gave me the store. And he made me the high, his friend made me the highest paid technician in the district. And I hadn't stepped foot in technician school. I wasn't certified. Publix pharmacists trained me on the job. And that summer, I was the highest paid tech. He told me that when I got the job. And, he, and, and he's, I forget his name, but he said, Principal Massey told me that when you were little, you never gave Richmond Heights Elementary any trouble. And you were always a delight to have in your school, in his school. And so he remembered you from when you were five to ten. Ten years later is why we gave you this job. When you're nice, that's why we got this series. I'm trying to get y'all paid in February. I'm going for it. We're talking about it. When you're nice, you can skip a whole lot of steps. All right, number five. Wise counsel. Here it is, Proverbs 15, 24. The path of life leads upward for the wise. Leads upward. So quick, quick thought. The best thing you can do with your finances right now is to face the facts. So pull, pull them out. Lay them out, write them out. We do this at least once a quarter to see where we are. Face the facts and then get wise counsel. Whether that's debt or saving or investment, you got to get it. And it's whether you're up or down, there is clear direction for your next step. But get that wise counsel. And then, and then the last one, I was going to start with this, but God said, put it in, in at last so it can be the last thing they remember. Number six, honor God. You can't talk about finances in church without this most important point. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. So that's your income. That's your paycheck. Then, someone say then. Then, Then, there's an equation. He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So there's an order to it. And if it's out of order, you may be thriving in your finances right now, but you don't have peace because you know you owe God. You, 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 you know it. So you just got to honor God first. And I'm telling you, God can do more with 90% than, than you can with 100 And so... Solomon is hitting on the principle of tithing. And tithing is this. Tithing is giving 10% of my income to God through the local church. It belongs to him. 
And I've just come to find out that the more you trust God, the more he will entrust to you. I know it to be true. Let's put our hands together for this word. If you were blessed, come on now. I know you're challenged a little bit, but you know it's true. It's good stuff.